Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 24. Okay, today. I've got into a good habit. Um, a, a productive habit on how to structure the things that I write, the posts that I create for social media, and then from that also creating podcasts podcast episodes to go along with it because every, everything just adds like another layer of, of depth so you can write uh, an email that takes maybe a couple of minutes to read you can write an Instagram post that takes 30 seconds to read because you're limited to whatever it is 200 words or something in the captions and then you can talk for 20 30 40 minutes on a podcast episodes so they don't they don't need to be any certain length but it just while I'm already writing these things down or creating things for social media, the podcast just gives you an opportunity to go into longer form content. So the thing I was writing about today was, well, I'll tell you exactly what I wrote down in my notepad. Make your reasons for losing weight the same reasons you'll use for maintaining your weight. Um, when it comes to losing weight, there are countless mistakes that people make. Of course, but let's let's dial in on the one major mistake that I see people see, especially in the the space that I work in, which is the yo-yo diet space. I have worked with by this point, I don't know, maybe it's reached a fourteen thousand point. I don't know, over thirteen thousand people anyway over the last close to six years. The vast majority of which, probably 95%, were yo-yo dieters. People who have done diet after diet after diet. Sometimes it's the same one repeatedly. Sometimes they've jumped from thing to thing to thing. But one of the biggest mistakes that I see them make is their short-sightedness. And I think the longer you diet for and the more years of dieting you have behind you, the more short-sighted you become. The, you know, when you lost weight that very first time, when you tried that very first diet, you perhaps were being a bit health conscious. You were perhaps thinking about the future. There was, the, you know, yes, you wanted to lose weight. Yes, you wanted to do it for whatever the reasons were important to you that, at that time. But perhaps you naively thought that, oh, I'll just do this and then that'll be me. I'll know how to manage my weight going forward. And then it turned out not to be like that. And I think that every diet that you put yourself through, every year of dieting that you put yourself through, you you just you lose sight of what it is that you're actually trying to achieve. And it just becomes a number on a scale. And it's doing whatever it takes to make that number on that scale go down the way. And that's what I mean by short-sightedness. Your, your, your vision just becomes more and more and more blinkered, pure tunnel vision on the number and what the number is doing. So yeah, people are, they become, if they're not, they might not be in the beginning, but the people listening to this might well be, depending on how far along you are on your potentially decades-long diet history. But everyone focuses on the after. This is me before. Here's what I want to look or feel like after. But what about the after-after? 
What about after the after? That's the part I'm interested in. How do you still want to look or feel in six months' time? A year's time? Five years' time? And this is the problem. You're not planning for the year ahead or the five years that come after that. You are doing things today, hoping the scales go down tomorrow with little thought for what comes after that. And it's the same approach you've used to fuel decades of failed diet attempts. And it's the same approach that will fail the next decade of diet attempts too. Now, you'll notice that I often speak in decades and it's because typically I work with people between their mid-twenties to mid-forties, right? 25 to 45. Let me take a quick look actually. I'm going to look at my, our Clan Monroe Facebook group, right? So right now, let me get the, is it that one? Growth? Okay, so there are 1,029 members right now. And if I go to what the membership breakdown is, there we go. Okay, so 1,029 members. 93% of which are female, 7% of which are male, which is a vast improvement on what the norm is. It's usually 95-5. There's usually a 95-5 split. Um, Okay, yeah, and the ages are, so 18 to 24, like there's a little graph that shows me 18 to 24, hardly anybody. 25 to 34 makes up 23% of the membership. 35 to 44 makes up almost 50% of the membership. 45 to 54 makes up 20%. And 55 to 64 makes up about 5%. And there are even, there are even a few people making up a very small percentage over 65. So that just gives you some insight into why you will often hear me talking in decades, right? Because Generally, I have people in their 30s, 40s and 50s who have been, you know, who were first taken to a Slimming World meeting back when they were 13. They went along with their mum. Somebody said, oh, you look a bit tubby. Why don't you start doing whatever? I don't know what they did back then. I know their plan now is much different because you would get to jail if you try to do things like that. Uh, But what they do now doesn't change what they did to people 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Those people are still battling with their weight today, which began because they went along to Slimming World with their mum one time in 19-whatever. So that's why why I talk in decades, because I'm, I'm usually dealing with people who have been dieting, unfortunately, for decades. And I think I said this in the last episode as well, like when I do get those rare people between 20 and 25 and they, they join the group and we just get started I always 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 have this chat with them and say listen it's very difficult for you to see the opportunity that you have before you before you because you don't know any better right you won't know until you've been through it but we have people in here in their 50s in their 60s over 65 who were once in your position and they are now 40 years ahead of you and they are still doing the same thing that you are about to do. This is your chance 
to use this unique approach which is different to everything else out there. I do not want to enslave you for the rest of your life. I don't want you coming back here when you're 50 and 65 and every year in between now and then. This is your chance to nail it now, get it right and save yourself from a future of yo-yo dieting. So yeah, that's why I talk in decades and it, it means a lot to me that people understand these things like and it brings it back to being very short-sighted. It ties in really nicely because people don't think about the fact that their approach to their weight for the last 20 years has been the problem. It's the reason they still have weight to lose. If the next 20 years, if they try and approach their weight the same way, the next 20 is going to look like the last 20. And it just comes back to this short-sightedness. It is doing things today to make the scales come down tomorrow, not caring how it happens uh, or whether you're learning anything of value that you're going to take with you. Or beyond that, it is, I am doing this stuff. I want the scales to come down. This is my target. This is my goal. I want to get here. So if you want to lose weight for the last time, you need to make your reasons for losing weight the same reasons you will use for maintaining your weight in the future. So what I mean by that is, it's good to have some short-term goals, right? Those can be helpful. Interim goals. We have the bigger, longer goals that are going to take a while to achieve. Um, then we have kind of mid-range goals. And then we have short-term goals, and short-term goals can act like little boosts in between. Um, so if you want to lose weight for the last time, make your reasons for losing weight the same reasons that you will use for maintaining your weight in the future. Stop trying to lose weight just for a holiday, just for this big night out, just for this weekend away, just to fit into a wedding dress, right? Whatever the case is, whatever it is that you do, this thing that you go around every year just because it's New Year, just because it's after Christmas and start striving to reach a healthy weight, right? So forget about the trying to lose weight part. Try to reach a healthy weight, a healthy and maintainable weight that will help drastically reduce your risk of future illness and disease, improve your quality of life depending what sort of impact your weight has on your life at the moment, your physical and your mental health and potentially add years to the end of your life. I have worked with people who have lost enormous amounts of weight and you can say to them with supreme confidence that you have 100% added years on to the end of your life. I've had people lose over 100 pounds of body fat, taking their BMI from obese to the healthy range, drastically reducing their risk of illness, disease, death, basically, um, by massive margins. So, 
it's not something I say lightly, it's not something I say to everyone, somebody coming in and losing £10, that's a bit different, someone coming in and losing £100, £70, £80, which happens regularly, those people are not just adding years on to their life, they are improving the quality of those years. So, forget Forget making these short-term things the only reason for losing weight because whether you do it for, to, for a holiday or a night out or a wedding dress or whatever, or whether you do it for your health, for your future, for your kids, to, to be around to see grandkids growing up, to be able to play with them, all the rest of it, doesn't matter what you use to motivate yourself, but the difference is Right? Both of these will achieve the same thing. The short-term goals will achieve the same thing as the long-term goals, but only the results from one will last. And this can be a really difficult mindset to adopt, like especially if you are someone that has yo-yo dieted for a long time. You reach a point where you just believe that this is the norm. This is how it's supposed to be. I am just supposed to lose weight when I'm dieting, gain weight when I stop dieting, and I'm just to keep going around in that never-ending cycle, going to the, you know, we're just supposed to constantly gain weight and then go on diets and make it come down, rinse and repeat for the rest of your life, going to the same groups that you've been going to for years, seeing the same faces, the same people that were there the day that you joined 10, 15, 20 years ago, still there, sitting in the chairs, standing in the line, waiting to get weighed, chasing the same few pounds up and down. And you're surrounded by people with, listen to this, right? I was thinking, when I was writing the piece of content earlier on, I just thought about this for a moment, right? If you go to a, a slimming group meeting, and there's 10, 15, 20 people there, 85 to 95% of them will be seasoned yo-yo dieters. And if you added up the number of years that they all have been dieting for, you are surrounding yourself with people who have collectively been dieting for hundreds of years, centuries between them. And I think of the number of people I have in my group, they must have thousands of years between them. That's the type of people that you're surrounding yourself with. That's the environment that you're taking yourself to try and lose weight for the last time. But the thing is, are you really trying to lose weight for the last time or are you just going back to make that temporary change to bring it down a bit before going back to normal and it goes up again? And that's what, that's again coming back to being short-sighted. You just get to a point where you believe that that's how it's supposed to be. You've given up on the, on the, the idea that you can just lose weight and then maintain it. And it's not that you can't do that. It's that you keep going to the wrong thing to try and achieve that. You keep going to short-sighted approaches, short-sighted diets, that are designed just to get a number down, praise you all the way along, and then create the illusion of success by saying, well done, look at you, you are a target member, big pat on the back. Now make sure you keep coming back every week because if your weight goes up, you'll have to start paying again. And 
Here's a bunch of statistics that show you that people who successfully maintain their weight remain part of a group. Do you know what? Have you... It's a tangent here, but do you... Oh, I don't remember what year it was. I tried to get a copy of this. I managed to get a photo of it. There used to be a leaflet. If you Google this, it comes up. There used to be a leaflet that Slimming World handed out to Target members. And it was a little booklet that said... Oh, do you know what? I'm going to pause this a second till I find it. Okay. I've not found the exact... The exact... <laughs> the exact thing yet. But what I did do, just so that you can do this as well, go to Google and type in Slimming World Stop Spending Time With Fat Friends. Okay. And it will bring up the stories that were going around in 2018. There it is. Slimming World's new diet plan, Avoid Fatter Friends, Maintain Weight Loss. All right. And here's the booklet I was looking for. Perfect. So this leaflet that used to hang out, uh, hand out, it says, and it told you about all the percentages. We interviewed, um, we interviewed so many slimming, so many of our successful Slimming World members, and we asked them what helped them uh, maintain their weight. I, I did have a picture of the full list, but this just shows me the bottom three. 27% of people said keep a picture of themselves in a prominent place. So basically shaming yourself not to go back to being overweight again. Spend more time with friends who exercise. And here is the one that people went mental at back in 2018, but it didn't, they didn't really, it didn't go kind of mainstream. But it said at the very bottom, they, they had no, there was, they had no reason to throw this in here. It was only 4%. Like, if you are looking, if you are looking to interview people who successfully maintain their weight, you are not looking to find out what fucking 4% of them did. What 4% of people do to successfully achieve something is irrelevant. Absolutely needless. 27%, 25%, 28%, 30%. Yep, great. These are quite decent statistics to have. But here's this little shitty thing we're going to throw in at the bottom that only 4% of people said but we're going to put it in there anyway. So, I know I'm massively building up to this, right? But it basically said, successful dieters spend less time with their overweight friends. And this was a leaflet that Slimming World used to hand out to target members. Here's some advice on how you can maintain your weight. Do this, 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 and this. Oh, and it might be helpful to not spend time with fat people anymore. Fucking horrendous. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, isn't it funny though that something that claims to be building up community, it's all about a group environment. How many friends would you make at a slimming group that you go to regularly? Not just on a weekly basis, but perhaps on an annual basis if you go back. And their advice is what? to distance yourself from those people? How do you still go to your Slimming World meeting to get weighed at Target? And what what do you do? Just put your hand up to your face and not look at all the fat people? 
Yeah, I don't talk to you guys anymore, sorry. Target member here, I'm too good to speak to you. It makes me sick. Anyway, and when I use the term fat, that's just me translating their language. Um, they did use the word overweight in the leaflet, so at least they were being somewhat careful about it. But anyway, right, back to it. So when, when people come to work with me inside our coaching community, right, they have an opportunity. Not only to lose weight, that part is guaranteed. I have never had a single person follow my process and not lose weight. Not because my process is special, it's because I take what science tells us about how our bodies work, I translate it into a method to follow, and if you follow the method, your weight can't not come down. Right? No one has ever not lost weight while working with me and following the approach. That doesn't mean everyone's lost weight, but it means that the people that didn't, didn't follow the process. They probably came in and tried to treat it just like another fad diet or yo-yo diet with a half-hearted effort, which can only do so much to try and control. Um, taking direct control of your diet gets results. Stepping on the scale once a week with your fingers crossed after doing as many wheeze as possible doesn't. Instead of focusing mainly on creating approach that will help you make an adjustment to the scales, that will get the scales to come down, focus on creating an approach to food and drink that will allow you to maintain that weight forever, not just the brief amount of time you spend dieting. So... When it comes to trying to lose weight for the last time, it is, it's not about losing weight. It's about creating a diet that you have managed to bring down or scale down so that it is within your body's limitations and within your body's energy needs. And then your weight will come down and meet you anyway. Pretty sure I said all this in the last episode or the one before, but, you know, the, your weight is where it is because it has come up to meet you where your consumption habits are. That's all it is. Your body has had to increase in size to match the amount of energy you are putting in. And it has to increase in size to give it more and more capacity to store all this extra energy that you're putting in. If you, if you just temporarily, 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 if you just temporarily follow a diet to make a number come down and then go back to normal again, we all know where that goes, where that leads to. So yeah, one of the biggest challenges that I face when coaching the people I coach is trying to help them overcome this short-sightedness, to, to stop you know, here's here's a good example. So I'll do a check-in with someone and we do check-ins fortnightly, not weekly. Weekly is horrendous because weekly is just far too short a time to see progress over. Slimming World like weekly because how else can they get weekly money from you if you don't have somewhere to go every week? Um, but it's far, far too short a time 
to see progress over. It's why you see more gains and more maintains than you see losses. Losses take longer to happen. Gains and maintains can happen in the blink of an eye. If you can maintain a calorie deficit for 14 days, you're more likely to see a loss on the scales than maintaining one for seven days. Because you're only losing whatever it is, I can't remember, 60 grams of fat a day. If you're in a 500 calorie deficit, you're... Oh, it makes me want to check it now. If you are in a 500 calorie deficit every day, you are losing 65 grams of body fat per day. But the problem is, go weigh out 65 grams of cheese, right? If you've got kitchen scales, no, don't do that because you'll end up eating it. You can, can you cut cheese without eating it? Or are you normal? <laughs> um, it's impossible. Why is it so impossible to get the block of cheese out and grate it or cut it and not eat it as you go? Get, I don't know, next time you are doing cheese, right? And you're weighing it out or whatever. Cut off 65 grams. It's a very small amount. But that basically shows you how much fat you are losing on a daily basis. Right, now look at the size of the dinner that you are cooking while you're looking at this cheese. If you are eating half a kilo of food or a kilogram of food and here you are trying to lose 65 grams of fat. Now those 65 grams will add up over seven days to whatever it is, six, no, four, 60 or something. Um, but the fact remains that if you eat a kilogram of food, you will wear a you will weigh a kilogram more. If you drink a liter of water, you will weigh a kilogram more. If you do a four hundred milliliter pee, you will weigh point four of a kilogram less. The rate at which we lose body fat is. It's no. I spoke about rates of weight loss before, but it's not that it's slow and it's not that anything else is fast. It's that your body has many other things going on that can fluctuate wildly compared to the few grams of fat that you are losing every day. So you could have a big meal tonight and you could weigh two kilos more tomorrow. What chance has your 65 grams of fat loss got of coming through on the scales. You could go to a weekly weigh-in and you could have had a Chinese the night before and you could have a gain of six pounds. Not because you've gained six pounds, but because your body's reacting to the meal that you had, the content of it, the salt level of it. You're retaining extra fluid as a result. You've not gained any weight. You've probably lost weight if you fit it in and around the plan that you're following. It's just that the scales are fluctuating in response to that. But that doesn't get taken into account. You would be judged on the plus six pound gain. You would probably be looked at in a cruel way at most groups and perhaps even had some cruel things said to you. Unless you are one of the very lucky people that has a lovely coach or one that's even knowledgeable and knows a bit about nutrition. Anyway. Back to the point. <sighs> Diets don't need to be sustainable, right? So people often talk about, oh, you need a diet that's sustainable. That's not true. 
If your goal is fat loss, you do not have to create a sustainable diet to achieve fat loss. Because if you sustained your fat loss diet, you would eventually disappear into nothing. Diets, fat loss diets, don't need to be sustainable. Not in the long term. In the short term, yes, you need to be able to stick to it. But it's not what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Because when you want to, when you reach a weight that you want to stop at, you're going to have to come up and start eating differently to achieve maintenance. So it doesn't have to be that sustainable. You will make some adjustments in the short term to, to achieve the goal. But the one thing that you do or you should keep consistent throughout is your reasons for losing weight. And coming back to that just briefly, I've seen this more times than I care to remember. I went through this last year with someone who was losing weight for a wedding. She was very determined, but she also had a massive social life. And we spent months. She lost um, five stone, I think, for her wedding. Uh, went through a huge transformation. And the the whole time this was going on, kept saying to her that, you know, she would have, she would manipulate her calories really well where she could get by on less during the week. But she was going up into the thousands at the weekend. And I kept, you know, every week I'm like, listen, I know this is going to help you get to where you want to be for your wedding. But if this is how you repeatedly approach weekends, consuming these thousands of calories, you are absolutely guaranteed to regain weight in the future. What we really need to focus on is coming up with ways to approach the weekend that does not involve having two and a half, three thousand calories. Her calorie burn was about 2,200 or 2,100. And she was getting, you know, she was getting by on 1,200 Monday to Friday so that she had plenty of calories at the weekend so that she could go out, have the meal, have all the drinks. And it was, you know, it came with this hefty 3,000 calorie price tag, which in the long term was going to be unhelpful. Um, but, you know, and I was very conscious of the fact that she was so focused at doing this because the wedding was there. So she was still she was still wanting to have her cake and eat it, basically. She still wanted to do all the big weekends, the big nights out, the alcohol, the takeaways, the meals out, but also lose fat for the wedding. And she got very good at playing around with the numbers and she achieved it. But we had to, had to work so hard every single fortnight when she checked in, explaining, you know, this that you need to scale back these weekend behaviors for the long term, getting her to think bigger picture, not just, you know, the dress, the wedding, the day, the photos. Because once that day is gone, that's it. Your biggest motivator for losing weight, your big anchor that you anchored all your efforts to has just disappeared and the floor has fell out from under you and what the fuck do you do it for now? When everything has been centred around this big day, what happens when that big day has been and gone? And this is why it is so crucial 
to make your reasons for losing weight the same reasons you'll use for maintaining your weight because you can't use a wedding forever. Once the day's past, that's it. You can't use a honeymoon. You can't use a holiday. You can't use your 40th birthday. You can't use your 50th birthday. These things all have expiry dates. Great short-term motivation, but it has an expiry date. You use it, it motivates you, you get to the day, it disappears, you're left in limbo. So, make your reasons for losing weight. The same reasons that you will use in the future for maintaining your weight. Why would I want to maintain my weight? Because this, this and this. I want to have a healthy, strong body. I want to reduce my risk of future chronic disease and illness. I want to be able to climb the stairs without getting out of breath. I want to sleep better. I want to not wake up in the mornings feeling tired and sluggish and lethargic. I want to be able, you know, I want to be around to see grandkids and great grandkids running around. Not just that, I want to be able to play with them. I want to be able to go to the soft play and not feel like I have to sit down and hide while the kids go and play. Just some examples of things I've heard over the years, right? And when people come to work with us, we ask that question in their starting table. What do you hope to achieve as a part of your time here? Tell me about your diet history. What you know? What is it you're trying to get away from? What is it you want to achieve? Some people will say, oh, just weight loss, at which point I'll be like, yeah, let's do this again. Weight loss is a terrible goal because what happens once you've achieved the weight loss, again, similar, what do you anchor your efforts to then? Weight loss is a boring goal. Everybody wants to lose weight. People that have weight to lose want to lose weight. People that don't need to lose weight want to lose weight. Everybody wants to lose weight. And only a tiny portion of them actually achieve it because that tiny portion have high value reasons for losing weight. And the tiny portion of people that maintain it, they took it a step further and they had high value reasons for maintaining that. High value reasons that overcame the buzz of alcohol, the taste of chocolate, the excitement of takeaways, you know, whatever it was, whatever the big contributors were to the reasons why they kept getting drawn back to the weight that they once were. They created high value reasons to work on those things and improve them. And that's a big part of what we work on with our members, having them create high value goals that they want to work towards, not just need to work towards, they want to do it. And that's the difference. So, a nice brief one today. Take a moment to think about the reasons that you've lost weight in the past. Do any of them ring true with anything I've said? Has it been a wedding, a holiday, a weekend away, a big event, a big birthday? What was it? And then what happened after it? Did you go back to normal? Did you just start to put weight back on again? A part of the reason is that you anchored your results, your progress to something that had an expiry date. And when it expired, you lost your reason. So it's so important to have these longer term, these longer term goals to fall back on when the short term ones fade away from time to time. Anyway, enough from me today. As ever, reach out, get in touch. 
do whatever you want to do. Come and talk to me. Check out my new website. I'm mentioning it again because I'm recording this episode close to when I completed it at the end of February. Um, check it out, MonroeNutrition.com. I'm very proud of it, especially as I did it all myself. Do you know what? I've paid two people. In the last six years, I have paid two people to build websites for me. The first one wasn't too bad. The second one was garbage. And what happens? Time I do it myself, it turns out the best it's ever been. Typical. Right, until next time.